Hello and welcome to Feature in a Short. Feature in a Short is where filmmakers present, watch, and discuss films. My name is Justin Joseph Hall, owner of Four Wind Films. We are in our fifth season. We're still on COVID restrictions, but we have had COVID safe events. And we actually had another COVID event that we'd like to announce. The Four Wind family is expanding. That's right. Um, Laura Davi, our line producer, and myself, we will be having a little Four Windino. Uh, that is, there is a baby on the way. That's some news that I'll share with you all. Today on our show, we have our pointed contributor, Rebecca Stern. Rebecca Stern is a director and producer of documentary films and has absolutely soared in her career and launched off very quickly onto the scene. She is a native of California. She moved to New York to start her documentary film career. The first film that she worked on was nominated for an Academy Award. That's on her IMDb credits. That was Cartel Land, as she was an associate producer. And since then, she has created her own documentaries. Her directorial debut is a feature that got picked up by HBO, and you can now stream it on HBO Max called Well Groomed. She has been honored by South by Southwest with that film. And now her latest short she produced debuted at Sundance, and that's the one that we get to watch today. Snowy, 11-minute documentary short, full of glee, excitement, and strong, powerful characters, including our lead in this documentary, Snowy the tortoise. I think he's a tortoise. He might be a turtle. Nope, it says long pet turtle, but it looked like a tortoise to me, I gotta say. Yeah, so I, I met you when I was the coordinator of Cartel Land, which was my very first job, so it was like very intense. It was like a deep dive into documentary film, and it's also a really intense film. And then I started making Well Groomed mostly because I was like, can documentaries be happy? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and turns out they can, so that was good. Um, and then during the like intermediating time, I produced two other feature documentaries, one about the like social ramifications of mass incarceration on children, and then another one on sexual assault online for women, and then Well Groomed, which was like the outlier. And then this short film is also in the well-groomed vein. Um, it's also about an animal, and it's also about happiness. But I didn't direct it, obviously. I produced it, and my cinematographer for Well-Groomed actually directed it along with his partner. And it's about his family's pet turtle. And that's really it. And we submitted Cold to Sundance. I think we make, sent them, like, one email. You know, Because really? I, I, I kind of sort of know the people there, but, like, only through like desperately trying to get into their programs, not like actually being like a Sundance alum in any capacity. So we like, we didn't do any advocacy. We were actually like hitting South by up really, really hard. Cause we were like, this will be perfect. And then the directors got a call from Sundance and they thought it was a prank. So then they called me and they're like, really? do you think that this is real? And then they got the email, like basically while we were on the phone so <laughs> or maybe like a little bit before. And they were like, it's not a prank. <laughs> I was like, this is bananas. So. It's already in over 31 film festivals. Wow. Yeah. When you get into Sundance, do you hear from like other film festivals are like, yes, 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 yes? Or yeah. is it? Yeah, it's like a totally different world. <laughs> Even then like from getting into South By, like we got into South By and then like Well Groom did about 50 film festivals over the year. And I guess it's a short, so it's also a little bit different, but like Snowy's already in over 30 and like 
It's a completely different ride. I got to go to the Sundance. I was just an AE. It was so much fun, you know. Did you get to go there at all this year or did you? No, it was totally virtual this year, but I have gone in okay. the past. It's fun. There's a lot of parties. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was there for one night. And I couldn't believe the party. I mean, they're like, oh yeah, we go to like two parties a night. <laughs> it's like crazy. Yeah, and yeah. At the parties, it's like people you meet are so amazing. That's like what the film festival experience is like actually about. And then like getting fucked up. During Snowy, we handed out a small Thanksgiving dinner to go. After the short film, we had a quick discussion. Oh, you guys are my, you guys are my the first real audience that I've seen watch it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now I know when people actually do laugh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's so fun. <laughs> Curious on the line that you see as the difference of when you're producing versus when you're producing and directing. Like, how do you, do you feel like that's the same? When you're just producing, you're producing. Like, and then your job is to make sure that these other people aren't doing that, that work, you know? His job in a lot of ways is to make sure that I stop producing and start directing. Yeah. The line does blur often. But... I think it's also interesting because I think TV versus film, even in documentaries, they have a different idea of what producer means for that too. And I think creative producer would make it more clear what's going on because I think it, you know, you go to different organizations and stuff. and Yeah, it's always like sliding. You kind of have yeah. to figure out what your job is every time. Yeah. Like um, I'm on a show right now, which I signed an NDA about and I can't talk about right now, but like, it's like, I'm getting a producer title, but then like, they're like, yeah, you know, like you'll also be doing like all of this directing. So like, just an FYI. And I'm like, okay, cool. So like, you know, what does that mean? The brothers and the father are just, they don't seem related that much, but they're <laughs> so interesting. I mean, it feels like you cast this family, but I guess Alex just knew his family was interesting or something. As long as you're interested, any story is like big enough, you know? I love that. That's why I feel like, I wish people would think like that more often. I mean, this is so enjoyable. Uh, it was really fun. And it's like the music in this too, especially at the beginning, it really plays a big role in setting the tone. And I felt like Well Groomed was like that as well. I know that you had Dan Deacon on that. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I did. Sorry, I missed the composer on this, but. Um, yeah, it's all stock music. Stock music. Yeah. Okay. And so did you help do that? Or is that mostly the directors or editors or who? who, who? My understanding is that the editors work like Alex ha Alex I know has like a, an ear for that kind of music like he always wants it to be quirkier um and then the editors ended up selecting and laying in music plays a huge role but we couldn't get Dan Deacon for this one no. <laughs> so it'd be a different tone that's really cool and so how did you start out doing fundraising to get funds going for this or get the for project out the ground yeah um so it was really hard to raise during production because it's just really, really hard to raise money for short films because there's no like eventual out for the money, you know, especially for documentary short films. And then I think just generally for short films is that like, there's no real market. Is this going to go to the Oscars and, and win? It's changed the last couple of years, but it used to be all 40 minute documentaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. be, HBO produced three of them and, and they're, they're 39 minutes and 59 <laughs> seconds, all of them. And a poor teacher in Uganda like gets raped. You know, like it's like how do you how do you like pile everything on? I'm not saying that's all films. I think that like we could have a, a sleeper cell here. Um, that's right. A slow moving turtle, but it's just hard to fundraise for that because like people who are giving you money are often looking for like what 
Like, what are they going to get back in return? Um, and it, it's a it's a fun ride as well. So you're like kind of buying into like the experience of going. It's really hard to raise money while you're doing it. And then all of a sudden, the industry shows up and they're like, we believed in you all along, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, great. Like, why didn't you give me any money for the editor that like mm -hmm. quit halfway through and you, you like fight for pennies and then, throughout. Yeah. And then like, and then you get into a large festival and money shows up. Yeah. What would be something that you would advocate for, for increasing funding on new projects, maybe by merit? I would say that like more people need to be earlier investors. It's just hard to convince that, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, you have to come to them with, like, access and characters and a teaser and a deck, you know? And, like, to do that, that's, like, that's like 75 grand right there, you yeah. know? Like, the funding game is really difficult, but then, A, you should have money for the work that you do. And then, B, you get support from the industry. And then you're more likely to get more support from the industry, and it's like a snowball effect. For the feature, Rebecca brought a film that she'd never seen that is famous, and hopefully many of you have seen it before, called The Thin Blue Line by Errol Morris, one that has been on her watch list for many years, so we watched it together. Along with this feature, we served popcorn, and as they were walking out the door, we gave them a Burger King malt. Afterwards, we had another discussion. Have you seen the movie Do Not Resist? Do not resist. It's like an avant-garde compilation documentary. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they take a ton of different portions of the police and they put it together, but they film that guy doing, like, a full course. Oh, great. Like, it's like the only way to be a good police officer is to kill people, like... Yeah, you're, like, always on the defense. Yeah, if you're, like... The stuff yeah, that he's saying is crazy, yeah. This, however, was also insane. It's like the judge, too, is, like, yeah. in on it. And so that's it in the forecast to look forward to. We have finished another documentary series that we have been working on for five or six years. It is called An Artist in City, and the first season of this documentary series is on Marcellus Hall. The first five episodes is titled Marcellus Hall, An Artist in New York City. And yes, we are related. He's my dad's cousin. And he was the lead singer of Railroad Jerk, White Hassle, and currently has his solo work. And he is famous for his illustration work. And you may have seen his works in many magazines and newspapers and articles, including the New York Times, uh, the New York Press, the New Yorker, the Atlantic, Sports Illustrated, etc., etc. So keep an eye out for his work. And even more so, keep an eye out for this documentary series, the first season, that will be released soon. Credits for this podcast include Brian Trahan as mixer and editor of the sound, including any additional sounds, and our theme song this year by Sun Nectar, which is his old group. Now he's going by his own name, Brian Trahan. Thank you to Laura Davi, who helps produce the event, our line producer. I'm your host, Justin Joseph Hall, signing off, saying sayonara, and talk to you soon. Peace.